The following is presented by Lanier Technical College, Concept One Pulley Systems, and Year One Classic Muscle Car Restoration Parts. Hit it! Hang on, you're now part of the fastest podcast on the planet, Bud's Garage Overdrive. Produced in the studios of Jacobs Media, located in beautiful downtown Gainesville, Georgia. On today's show, remembering Burma Shave Road Signs, who should buy an EV, and a visit with paint repair and protection specialist Chris Kessler from Zero Defects. All that and a whole bunch more informative automotive buffoonery with Bud and Tim. Let's kick it in overdrive. Welcome in, folks. This is Bud Hughes, resident car nut, and Tim DePasquale, upholsterer to the stars. How you doing, Bud? I'm doing great. Uh, okay, Tim, first of all, do you know what Burma Shave was? Oh, absolutely. Okay. It was shaving cream. Not really. Not really. It was shaving liniment. Oh. Okay. okay, when I think of shaving cream, I think of the foamy stuff and the brush mm. and all that. What it was was the Burma Vita Company from Minneapolis, owned by Clinton O'Dell, and their, and their product was a liniment made of ingredients described from Malay Peninsula and Burma, hence its name. And so they, they sales were sparse, all right? Because everybody was using a brush and a... Yeah, well, soap, soap, soap and, kind of yeah, whatever. And, and putting it on. And this liniment, you, you rubbed it on your face and you could shave and mm-hmm. it would give you a close, closer shave, it was claimed, than, uh, you know, the straight razor or what they were raising with back in the days. And uh, so they, uh, they sought a different way to expand the sales by introducing the brand, the product, to a wider appeal. So they put these road signs along the road that were little poems and stuff. Right. And, and each, yeah. each sign would have just a word or two on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, And as you drove along, you got to see the whole message. Right. I, you know, I, I remember these when I was a kid. Oh, I do too. Uh, because, you know, this started in 1925. I was not a kid in 1925. No. Uh, Dad was not a kid in 1925. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that when we traveled up to Minnesota, and this company started in Minneapolis, we used to go up to Minnesota every year, it seemed, in the summer. My, uh, my, my uh, aunt and uncle had a farm up in Minnesota. He was a truck driver and uh, over-the-road driver. And then we'd go out to California like every other year. And we'd see these signs everywhere. And they were interesting because uh, the, the Burma Shave, Burma Shave was like, on those trips, Burma Shave was like finding an A&W root beer stand. Oh, yeah. Now, we're back in a time when you didn't have McDonald's and all this stuff going on. No. There was nothing alongside the road. And it was just U.S. highways, mostly yeah. two-lane yep. affairs. Yep. And uh, so I, I remember these, and, and, and they're, they're pretty funny, most of them. They did a, a bunch of small signs, and it went away in the 50s. And you know why it went away? Why? Speed limits were raised. Oh, so people didn't have time to look at them. No, that's what they're saying. They're, you know, in the 50s, vehicle speeds increased, and it became difficult to attract motors to such a small sign. And the company was acquired by Philip Morris, the signs were discontinued on advice of counsel. Oh. Hmm. Oh, because there could be a liability. That is right. All right. So, you want to you go over some of the signs? Yeah. All right. So, as I say, it, it would be a series of signs with just a couple of words on each sign for, a, what, a, not even a quarter of a mile. Right. Where you could make the whole thing. So, one would be uh, train approaching, whistle squealing. Stop 
avoid that rundown feeling. Oh, Burma shave. But you know. But it was a little tongue in cheek. Yeah, that it was a rundown little, feeling. Yeah. Um, keep well to the right of the oncoming car. Get your close shaves from the half pound jar. A Burma shave. Burma shave. Hardly a driver is now alive who passed on hills at 75. <laughs> but you know, Mad Magazine did a takeoff of that back in the 60s, and theirs was throwing beer cans on the road are ugly, many say, but at night, shining bright, they safely guide the way. Oh, really? <laughs> I wonder if Burma Shave took that one up. Yeah. <laughs> so they had some. <laughs> They had some some quirky uh, contests and stuff. Free offer. If you uh, rip a fender off your car, mail it in for a half-pound jar. <laughs> Burma shape. And a large number of fenders were received by the company, which made good on its promise. It would, wow. send, you, it would send you a jar of Burma shape. But this is funny. Free, 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 free. A trip to Mars for 900 empty jars. Burma shape. So, so, Arliss French, owner of the Red Owl grocery store, submitted 900 empty jars so he could win a trip to Mars. Oh, my goodness. So, on the, on the recommendations of Red Owl's publicity team, uh, they, with, they withdrew the one, one-way offer and instead sent Mr. and Mrs. French to vacation in the town of Moors, often produced as Mars. So, they sent him to France <laughs> on the trip. Okay. I, I thought that was pretty Yeah, that's pretty cool. Flintstones. Now, Bill should know this. The Flintstones had an episode that was uh, Divided We Sail that has Barno Rubber, R- Barney Rubble reading messages on a series of boys that read, If you're queasy riding on the wave, just open your mouth, shout, Tura Firma Shave. Did you know that, Bill? <laughs> I did not know that. You did not know. Well, well, we got one to Bill in. We had a amazing. fascinating, if I can digress a second, we had a fascinating Flintstones trivia question nobody knew last week, and it was on every episode. What was that? Name the movie they're going to see at the beginning of the opening credits. Oh, wow. What was the movie? The Monster. The Monster. Cool. I remember the, I can remember the, the Monster. Everybody's seen that opening thousands of times, and nobody remembered the name of the picture they were being shown. Well, the final episode of MASH featured a series of road signs in Korea that read, Hawk was gone, now he's here, dance till dawn, give a cheer, Burma shave. <laughs> Where was that? I have no idea. I'm going to have to Was it to in the go. episode? Yes. I'm going to have to go relook at it. Me too, yeah. Yeah. Now you can put that on your trivia show. I will. Well, several highway departments in the United States use the signs now in the same style to disperse travel safety advice to motorists. I haven't noticed any, have you? No. Along the roadway? I, I mean, they don't reference Burma shave, apparently, but... No. You know. Well, of course, we're both driving too fast to see them anyway. That could be, that that could could be, be the it. problem. Right. They're probably things about cell phones or, mm-hmm. you know, put you, oh, we need to write one. Oh, yeah. Put your phone down and pay attention. Right. Lest mm. you wind up in detention. <laughs> oh, good oh, one, bud. Okay, let's move on to something different here. <laughs> For the past few weeks, we've been talking about the transportation, automotive and transportation technology programs that are available at Lanier Technical College 
uh, here in Gainesville, Georgia. They have five campuses, and uh, a lot of this particular segment of instruction is at the main campus, which is in, uh, which is in Gainesville. You may not have a race car or an interest in marine engines or an interest in diesel stuff or truck driving or any of that, but at some point in your life, you're probably going to have a fender bender. And you're going to have to go to a shop and get it repaired properly so it's safe and it, you know, is usable uh, to drive and, you know, is back on the road looking the way you want it to look. Well, where do you find those guys? Where do you find those guys and where do they get trained? Well, one of the places they can get trained is at uh, Lanier Technical College in their automotive collision repair program. It is a very, very, very hands-on program. Uh, they can get a diploma and they can get a certificate as a certificate class one, which is a uh, class one technician or class two technician in automotive repairs. And we're talking for the body shop. So when you get involved in, in a body shop, you've got to be able to straighten frames, you've got to be able to do electrical stuff, you've got to be able to do AC stuff, because these components oftentimes get banged up in a collision. So there's more to it than just painting the car, but they get a broad spectrum of that, and it is very, very hands-on. The instructor is out there with them. Uh, if you go to LanierTech.edu and go to the collision program, they've got an excellent video and the students are talking about the program and some of the things they do in it, and you can see in the background what's actually going on. So give it, give it some consideration. You may not want to be a collision repair person, but if you want to find out you know, more about the training uh, that's available, and you may know somebody that's, that needs some training or uh, you know, might make a very good career for them, check it out at LanierTech.edu collision repair, or you can go to D. Anderson at LanierTech.edu. He is the instructor, and he will be happy to give you information on the collision, automotive collision repair program. Brian Moody, welcome back into Bud's Garage. Hey, Brian. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. <laughs> I don't know if these are the questions I should ask, but I'm going to ask them anyway. Uh, why <laughs> should we consider buying a totally electric car? What are some advantages and disadvantages of these cars? Um, electric cars typically deliver a different driving experience than a gasoline-powered car. <clears throat> I can certainly understand if people are wanting the more visceral feel of, you know, uh, a V8-powered car. That's one thing. But electric cars deliver a completely different driving experience. They're quiet, they're quick, they're more efficient, and oftentimes you can refuel that car at home. Hmm, okay. Uh, can you refuel it at home and make it make sense if you don't buy an external charger? Um, or a fast charger, I guess we call it. What is it called? A stage two it charger? Be, it would be like a level two. Yeah, level two, you, that's you would it. get a level two at home. I think that if you were going to get an electric car and you wanted to spend the money on that, that, because remember, we're talking about you're probably going to get a new car to begin with. You know, there are some used electric cars, but you're probably going to get a new car. It's going to be worth your while to spend money to get a level two charger installed. Now, that being said, you don't have to do that. You can, if you have a car, let's say, that you only use occasionally or you don't use every single day, you can drive it a little bit and you can plug it into your regular 220 outlet, and it's going to take many hours for it to charge up. But that is a choice if you want to do that. But for most people, it would be well worth the 
couple thousand dollars to spend to get a level two charger installed in your home. I mean, just the convenience of it alone. Well, you you, sent, you mentioned that you could plug it into a 220 charger or a 220 outlet. Uh, can, are there cars out there that are using a 220 that aren't using a level two? Because I just thought you just got a 110 uh, charger with uh, most most electric vehicles you buy. You can do both. You okay. can plug it into a 110, and it will still charge up. It will take a long time, but it's going to charge up. I've done it before. I had a car that I was using, and I didn't use it over the weekend because I had a car that did, you know, it held more people. I plugged into a 110. By the time Sunday came, it was 90% charged. So that's a choice that people can do if you want to. You don't have to do it that way, but I still think it's worth the extra money just to get the level two charger. Mm, okay. Brian, a lot of folks have infrastructure concerns. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, with anything that's new technology, there's always going to be some growing pains. Right now, it depends largely on where you live. So, for example, we're sitting here in the studio with a Polestar 2 next to us. Polestar is a, a relatively new electric vehicle brand. They're expanding, and they're expanding in the southeast. So they're going to add seven new stores in seven cities over the next seven months. Well, the reason for that is, is because in those locations is where people are demonstrating the most desire to have an electric car. We know California is probably the highest uh, adoption rate for electric cars, but also Florida and Texas are pretty high, too. So those types of concerns should be something that you think of before buying an electric car. If you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't have any idea where you're going to charge the car up, it might not be for you, but it's just like you would do with any other thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollar purchase. You got to do your research and figure out if it's going to work for you or not. Yeah, absolutely. What's available and dependable in the electric vehicle segment right now? There's many different choices. Although this is the thing that we're sort of talking about is that like there are increasing choices, right? right. So. At one point, electric cars were just a couple of maybe dorky hatchbacks and low mileage or low range cars. Today, there's increasing brands and increasing models. So if we stick to the Polestar example, for example, there's the Polestar 2, but they're soon going to have a Polestar 3, which is an SUV. And I think that's important. The more SUVs we have that are electric, the more people are going to sample that. Does it mean that they're going to live with that for the rest of their lives? I don't know. It's just going to offer more choice. But if you think about the electric car landscape today, it's not majority SUVs, but the majority of Americans are buying trucks and SUVs. Right. Our guest right now is Brian Moody of Auto Trader. Uh, teamed up with Polestar today to talk about EV trends, innovations, and designs. Tell us a little bit about Polestar. Is that a subsidiary of Volvo, or are they somehow hooked together? It, it is. Uh, Polestar began as a tuner for Volvo, so they would take okay. Volvo parts and make them more high performance. They still do that. Uh, you know, better brakes, better suspension, bigger wheels, tires, engine, you know, all that sort of stuff 
sort of like how you might see other European brands have like a tuner version, right? Like an M series something or other. Right. So that's what Polestar has been. But now Polestar has been spun off into a separate company, and they are solely an independent EV automaker. They still do the tuning of the Volvos, but they also are now a separate entity, just like you would see with, uh, say, General Motors has, has many various brands. They don't share, they don't coexist, they don't, you know, do the same thing. They just are different companies that happen to complement each other. Now, increasingly, uh, we, we get stuff about uh, hybrid cars, plug-in hybrids. What, yeah. what, are your, what are your thoughts on hybrids? And I'm not trying to compete against the EVs or anybody yeah. that doesn't make a plug-in hybrid or anything. What are your thoughts on, on the hybrid versus the EV debate? Again, I think it depends on what your needs are. I think there are, for some people, because of their budget and their use, a hybrid is going to work really well for them. I don't know if the average person knows that you can get a car today that gets 60 miles per gallon. But there's other people that want a fully electric car for their own reasons. Like, for example, they just want to use fewer resources. They want to use um, less of what the planet has to offer. Polestar, as an example, you can get a vegan interior. You see where that's going, right? Like, that's a person who wants to use less in all aspects of their life, not just one car. But when it comes to being on a budget, like, let's just say that you have I only have $10,000 to spend. You're probably going to get a used hybrid if you want the best bang for the buck. Okay. Right. That yeah. makes sense. So what are your recommendations of the best all-electric vehicles? Well, there are several that you can pick from. Uh, Nissan is a good one. Toyota has one. Uh, Polestar is a good one. They have a combined design and range with a very compelling electric car. Um, if you go to autotrader.com, you can research electric cars, both new and used, and figure out what you want by sorting. You can use filters to sort. I want this color interior. I want this much range. I want this exterior color. And you can use a tool like that. And it's not just autotrader. There's other resources as well where you can find the best electric car for you. It's kind of like when someone says, hey, what's the best car ever? And use you know uh, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, good luck Cadillac. with that. Yeah. Right. Oh, but you know what? I have six kids. Okay, then it's not a '59 Cadillac. Then it's probably you know a three-row SUV. It just depends on what each individual person's needs are, combined with their budget. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Where can folks go to find out more? For more information on some of the cars, I mentioned a couple of Polestar cars. You can go to Polestar.com. But also, if you just want more information on, say, car reviews and general shopping, buying, selling tips and advice, go to autotrader.com. So, Tim, as you know, when I'm not here doing the radio program and I'm not doing chores around the house, which Lord knows we have enough of those between the two of us, uh, I, I occasionally, you know, put muscle cars together. Mm-hmm. And every time I put a muscle car together, one of the, the biggest challenges is getting the engine pulleys and accessories and everything all mounted on the engine because a lot of times you can't find the original stuff or take, for instance, an air conditioning system or a power steering system. You know, a 50-year-old pump or a 50-year-old compressor isn't worth putting on a car. Right. So you know who I go to to take care of that stuff? I can't wait to hear Concept it. One. 
Okay. Out of game, out of they are out of coming Georgia. Uh-huh. Local company, uh, family owned. Two sons and their uh, dad. And they've been doing this stuff for over twenty years, and their pulley systems are phenomenal. And they come with the accessories. Okay. And you can get them in different finishes. We'll talk about that in a minute. But they've got stuff for small block Chevys, big block Chevy, small block Ford, big block Ford, FE Fords, and LS engines, just your basic street system. Mm-hmm. And then they've got LS engine systems that will support 15 PSI of supercharger pressure. Wow. It's called a 10-rib system. Uh-huh. And it also, you know, these are the guys that are trying to go to... Uh, on these mile runs and trying to set records and stuff at airports and things like that. Okay. Or just want to have a crazy fast car on the street. Yeah. But these, these systems, I can't, I can't emphasize it enough. I've put, uh, I've put four of them on the past couple of years, mm-hmm. all on different cars. The spacers are included. The instructions are included. The accessories are included. The hose fittings are included. And, and they have got the hoses and the fittings available. If you're here in Georgia, they can, they can show you how to clock them and take them somewhere and get them crimped, or they can crimp them for you. Uh, they have remote reservoirs for your power steering, because a lot of times when you're trying to fit an engine that wasn't originally in a vehicle, right. you've got to get creative. These guys are creative. They design the systems. And they were actually students at Lanier Technical College that we talked about earlier, uh, way back when and took CNC machining and stuff and got mm-hmm. into the design of it. The finishes are, you can get them polished, you can get them satin, you can get them black anodized or clear anodized, and they, they fit. And, so, they're, and they're beautiful. For a, so no matter what system you're using, aftermarket components like air conditioners, etc., that you're putting on an engine, they have a pulley system. No, it will, all comes. It comes with the AC compressor. It comes with the power steering. It comes with the alternator. Oh, my goodness. It's all in a it's package. All there. You don't have to go anywhere and look. And, and it's Power Master alternators and, and starters, uh, not starters, alternators. Uh, and, uh, and they use various air conditioning systems. They're mm-hmm. most of the, uh, the small Japanese ones that you see on the, uh, on the cars now. Uh-huh. And it's all there in the box. Wow. You don't have to do anything else. Check so that's them. a huge time saver. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. And it looks so good. And, and, you know, I had a situation on the car I'm doing right now, which is a Mach 1, mm-hmm. where I wanted to use the, the regular fan. I didn't want to use electric fans because yeah. of the, I'd had a brand new radiator and all that stuff. And they set it up so I could use the, the fan, the stock fan, by machining something off on the, on the front of the pulley so it fit right on. Like the uh, like original. Wow. And I got all the clearances. The measurements are right. Uh-huh. And I called them and I said, here's what I got. And they said, not a problem. Get the stuff to us. You pull in your fan and stuff and we'll figure it out. So you got the exact same clearance. Wow. That's the, that's the cool thing about it. it. The guys you're talking to are the guys that build the systems. Yeah, that saves weeks and weeks and weeks oh, of, man. of trial Chasing around and trying to get stuff and, and get oh, it to my. fit. Bolts are all included. Spacers are included. And the structures are included. And they're so simple, even I can do it. Oh, that's amazing. Check them out at Concept One Pulley Systems. None better on the planet. Okay. Well, Tim, our next guest uh, I met many years ago. <laughs> many more than I want to admit now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a motorcycle racer. He was enthusiastic about getting into motorsports. And he showed up for the interview for the Motorsports Vehicle Technology Program at Lanier Technical College. 
And uh, life went on, and he got with a race team and continued racing motorcycles. And you know how crazy those guys are. But oh, this, yeah. this one turned out really good. Mm -hmm. This is a, So we'd like to introduce Chris Kessler. Hey, Chris, guys. welcome into hey, Bud's Chris. Garage Overdrive. Thank you very much. All right. We, uh, we, we, we did a little bit about your schooling. And just, just give us a, the cliff notes of school and how, how you got from one thing to another. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know... Yeah, yeah, sure, bud. Um, so, yeah, what, what got me to where I'm at now, kind of in a, in a uh, you know, fast pace, is, uh, you know, interested in, in racing, interested in cars, uh, wanted to follow that up with some career, and, um, you know, went through the Motorsport Vehicle Technology Program where I met you and uh, some other good contacts, um, you know, did the racing thing like most racing careers do. They usually kind of, you know, uh, go along until you kind of run out of money and there you go you know uh, <laughs> seldomly get you know go pro but um so uh and then that led me to kind of where I'm at now started a business and um you know through lots of hard work it, it's it's paid off and uh you know it, it's 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 a good good thing the name so, of the business so uh it started as southeast mobile detail which is obviously a mobile detail business, which then kind of led into um, a new technology that was on the front, which is the ceramic coatings. Uh, so then I, I started branching out um, to something uh, to differentiate the two different businesses, the mobile detail and then the ceramic coating business is in a fixed location. So I started a business called Zero Defects and that has kind of trickled and led into some other things, uh, paint protection film, window tint, you know, all those kind of things that people are wanting to do with their high-end cars, um, you know, in the beginning, at the, at the time of purchase. Okay. So tell us about, you. Start, I know you started out with the detailing stuff by detailing race car haulers. Now, I, I can't imagine, you know, mm -hmm. all the rigs parked there and you guys come in. What's that process like? Mm -hmm. Well, it wasn't necessarily just starting a business for the race car, car right, haulers. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, car detailing. And then that was an excuse to be at the track around race cars uh -huh. and, and still making money being in a racing environment, which, you know, I, I started as kind of. Um, but washing those tractor trailers is a uh, very, um, you know, uh, tough job. And you need some elbow grease and some, uh, you know, some, some hard workers um, and some specialized tools. Uh, you're not standing on a ladder to clean those. You know, you need some extendable brushes. Uh, but once you kind of get all the, the necessary equipment and the right, you know, staff, some, some guys willing to work hard, um, it, it turns into just a process, you know, that you, you know, get down and you can do them in 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. I mean, That's with, what I was going to ask. How long wow. does it take? 30 Yeah, I, I would say 30 to 45 minutes with a crew of three to four guys. Right. You know, and each guy has his own role uh, in, in duties and tasks. And you just start at one end, work your way around. And next thing you know, about 30, 45 minutes later, the whole truck's done. Wow. Well, I had, I had a guy pressure wash my house, you know, a while ago. And we were talking about this a little bit. And he said that, that he has done similar work. Mm -hmm. And we started discussing soaps and stuff like that. Trucks get a different kind of dirt on them than cars. Mm -hmm. What's that all about? Uh, yeah, I mean, those on the, on the uh, road, tractor trailers, you know, they're, um, they're getting way dirtier than the race car haulers. So we wouldn't necessarily use those high pH, heavy detergent soaps. You know, those are more like degreasers that are 
really like the chemicals doing the work instead of the actual, you know, brushing. Um, so I don't know as much about those as I do, you know, nice actual car wash soaps that we use on the race car haulers because well, the they race car pretty, haulers yeah, yeah. right are, are mm. obviously kept in much better condition than an on the you know highway type truck that's going cross country okay so you've got the you've got the the detail business going mm-hmm. kind of a concierge thing where you go to people's houses take care of their cars exactly like that. you got crews doing that yes you're doing trucks at the racetrack and then how you how does it all branch out to what you do now um, well, there was a need for people wanting to protect their brand new high-end cars, which, um, you know, through different testing and different products, you know, has, um, you know, allowed us to apply these products in a controlled environment, you know, um, and it's going to give, you know, permanent protective, you know, products to these vehicles. You know, the ceramic coating replaces the need to wax. The paint protection film prevents the rock chips, and these all go hand in hand with high-end vehicles. You know, you purchase a brand new Porsche GT3. Well, before you take it to the track, before you take it in the mountains, you want to get this paint protection film put on, you know, the day you buy it. And you need a controlled environment to do that. So, you know, that's why we have a nice, um, you know, shop near Road Atlanta that allows us to do that in. So what was your learning curve from detailing to paint correction and paint protection? Uh, it, was, it was pretty steep, and along with anything you know, that you want to do professionally, you need to take some um, actual courses and be certified. And even to uh, apply these specialized products, you do need a certification with the companies that you supply. You know, so yeah, you, you, in order to you know, uh, offer the Expel paint protection film, you have to go through their training course, which is in San Antonio, Texas, and it's a, a week-long course. You know, so that's something I did five years ago. Um, and for each different ceramic coating company, you have to be certified, you know, so they offer training classes as well. So yeah, I mean, just like, you know, with any industry professional, you have to go through training to be certified to offer these products. Sure. How, how have the products changed since you, you first started out? Um, you know, the, I'm, I'm on the internet, Tim's on the internet, car guys, car girls, Right. on the internet you get all you get blasted with this stuff you know how to, the best finish for your car right five best finishes whatever what what did you how did these finishes start out i mean with tim and i it used to be simonized and what was the the, the oh, blue coral blue coral you had to right. about right. take the right. stuff off with a putty and, knife and you'd start with uh, you'd start <laughs> with the 3m buffing compound you know that felt like liquid sand mm-hmm. and you start by buffing oh. a car and getting that crap all over the windshield and the back glass slinging yeah. it all over slinging it everywhere and yeah. then wash the car and then go back over it so oh, that, that doesn't yeah. happen in chris's shop no, no i'm sure i've not. been there not so, so tell us about the first product you were working with was it x Spell? Uh, no, 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 okay. de- definitely not. Uh, the first product, I mean, going back to the mobile detail thing and, and you know, w- waxing people's cars like we were just talking about, you know, uh, which was, you know, a, a product developed in the 70s, a traditional Carnuba wax, yeah. you yeah. know, was great, um, except the fact when you're trying to apply it to, you know, a black sports car outside in the middle of the summer. You know, and and, and uh, doing that for years in parking lots, garages, people's driveways, you know, I kept kind of thinking, you know, what's the next greatest, latest thing? How can we do this better? And, and how can I get out of someone's, 
you know, uh, driveway and do this in a, in a nice controlled environment with air conditioning. Sure. You know, uh, and as I got older and smarter and kept looking for these products, you know, you know, these ceramic coatings started coming around and of course being in that industry and looking for something like I mentioned, the you know, le next latest greatest product, well, we, we gotta try this stuff out. And it, and it worked, you know, so, um, you know, that, that's what led to where we're at now to, you know, testing the ceramic coating. Okay, it works, you know, it lasts to actually putting it on multiple cars and, and getting some long-term durability. And now we're doing multiple ceramic coating jobs a week, you know, for the last five, six years. Now, do you have to, when you're doing the, the ceramic coating, you talk about going back and using canuba wax and things like that. How does the process differ from what you do to the paint with uh, canuba, canuba wax and what you do to the paint with ceramic coatings because, uh, you know, when I go in your shop, like Tim was talking about, splattering the stuff all over, uh, that's not going on in your shop. Uh, mm -mm, no, you're, 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 you're correcting paint defects. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And every car's got them when they roll off the truck. Sure, sure it does. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's completely different. I mean, the, the wax is just basically going on top of whatever surface is there and it's just a short-term protectant that you know everyone knows they need to wax their vehicle everyone knows they need to change their oil you know and those are the two main things people know they have to do with their car um you know and the waxing usually gets overlooked uh but when it does it's you know hey i want to get my car waxed slap some wax on there and i'm good uh but with the ceramic coating process it is much more involved and um, that's why when you see the cars online and, and you see them on TV and they mention ceramic coating and the car is shining and it looks beautiful and it's glossy, it's all the prep work that's involved before the ceramic coating is actually applied, which you mentioned the paint correction, removing those defects, all the little micro swirls and scratches. You know, once you remove those and you have a, a, a perfect paint finish, you know, alone it looks amazing. The ceramic coating goes on top and it looks even better and you have that long-lasting protection for years to come. So instead of just hitting it with a big buffer and a wool pad, tell us a little bit about the, you uh. know, the color sanding and some of the things you get into yeah, you yeah. Know, in real bad situations. Yeah, so uh, depending on the age of the vehicle, the condition of the vehicle, the way the car's been taken care of, uh, even brand new cars, like you said, off the you know, truck, um, they all need some level of correction to really bring the shine out, make sure the surface is perfect as possible. Um, and, you know, it can go from a one-step polish to multi-steps to even using the rotary buffer with the wool pad still, depending on the severity of the defect, the thickness of the scratch, you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it can be pretty involved um, with an older car, you know, uh, especially, you know, older Corvettes, you know, those are really popular. Guys get them, they want to love on them, they're wiping them, the car shows back and forth, you know, and next thing you know, oh, my car's got all these scratches and swirls, you know, and so that, you know, requires a little bit more than say your brand new car, you know, that's that's doesn't require as much. Brand new car, I'm glad you brought that up. Tell us about this, this stuff called track dust that gets on brand new cars from being on railroad. I think you're Trains. mentioning uh, rail dust. Rail dust, yeah. Rail dust, yeah, yeah. So, What's uh, that all about? 
it, it's, it's similar to um, what your brake pads produce, which is, I believe, called ferrous metals yeah. or something yeah. similar to Fer that. Uh, ferrous metals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and basically, you know, you have those super scorching hot little bits of metal that are swirling around the air coming from your brake pads, coming Same from thing on a train. the, you know, wow. uh, trains. And, and then they are just floating in there and they attach to the surface, whatever they land on. And that's what you get on your car's finish. Sometimes if you rub your paint and you feel a little grit, you know, it could be that or it could be other, you know, um, contaminants. So, yeah, it is a thing. And they actually make a special cleaner um, that actually breaks that stuff down. And it's really cool. Um, you could spray it on your car and it actually chemically reacts to those, you know, little bonded contaminants and it turns purple and it's called uh, Iron X and it actually breaks that stuff down. Um, so it, it's part of the process, you know, that we do before the car even gets in the shop is, is to, you know, while you're washing, you know, then hit the car with that, you know, chemical and it helps to release that stuff. And then you do the clay bar. Oh, okay. Okay. So with a new car, when you're doing your paint correction, how do you determine how far you can go with wet sanding or with buffing before you're going through clear or cutting an edge uh, yeah uh, uh, <laughs> yeah it, it's no time, pressure it's, it, it's, <laughs> yeah in simple terms here how do you measure how thick the paint is uh, right. well you know they do make this specialized tool called a paint thickness gauge but ask how many guys that do this for a living actually use that mm -hmm. it's, it's it's not very common um it's it's really by feel you know uh, and and the more experience you have, the better you are at it, you know, and, and anyhow, just say anyone that's getting into this career and doing this professionally, things are going to, accidents are going to happen. Do you find that uh, from different areas of the world, say the difference between Asian cars, European cars, and American cars, are the finishes a lot different? A little, a little, yeah. I mean, German cars are going to have a finer finish. There's going to be less orange peel with a Mercedes and a Toyota, mm -hmm. you know, so there's definitely some differences. Obviously you pay for what you get. Oh, sure. You know, a higher end vehicle should have, uh, you know, a better paint finish. And traditionally Mercedes, BMW, you know, they have really good paint. Um, Toyota, you know, is not the best. Honda's not the best. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a difference. Well, there, there was a time when orange peel was was what they wanted on, on the finishes, um, you know, here in the States because they wanted a a finish that that it wasn't wasn't like a mirror. They wanted something that would reflect light. You couldn't see the swirl marks and all that stuff in it. That's kind mm. of gone away with the robotic painting. Mm -hmm. You know, the, now the heads come out and spray the paint. It's you don't get as much orange peel as you as you used to. You probably run into some cars where when you start, you know, working on the paint, you take the orange peel off of it. Mm, yeah, I mean, really the only way to remove orange peel is by sanding. Sanding, yeah. You know, buffing won't really do that. You have to, you know, remove massive amounts of clear coat to get that, you know, perfect um, show car finish. And for a street car, it's not something that we really do a whole lot of is sanding cars. Um, you know, sure. Show cars, you know, uh, stuff like that, you know, we definitely are involved with the, you know, um, sanding. But, yeah, it, 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 that gets pretty involved. The... The types of coatings that you use, you use different types of coatings on different parts of the car. Yes. The glass, the, the, wheels, the trim pieces, the, trim, the, the wheels, paint. the calipers. Tell us a little bit about 
the different stuff you use and, mm -hmm. and why you use it. Yeah, yeah. So um, all these coatings have a specialized formulas for each different surface. You know, your glass, um, you know, the pores of your glass are different than the pores of the paint. You know, so all these chemicals are designed to, uh, you know, chemically adhere to these different areas, um, you know, specifically. You know, so yeah, there's a different formula for your glass, for your trim, for your wheels, calipers, and for your paint. So we're using all those in combination to provide the best, longest lasting, you know, protective surface for each of these different areas of your car. So you mentioned uh, surfaces being porous, even the glass. Mm -hmm. Now the glass is probably something, anybody that's coming and getting their car ceramic coated, I would hope, I would hope would, would realize you know, I don't want to. I don't want to scrub this thing with big brushes and stuff like that. You know, but your windshield—you're going to turn on the wipers. They're going to have dirt on them. They're going to. Mm -hmm. So is that? What's the difference in the products? And do you have to do one more than the other? You have to come back sometimes, redo the glass. And mm -hmm. As people, yeah. Can, can you fix the glass after it gets, you know, hazy looking, to a point? Yeah, you, you honest no, you, you cannot buff uh, scratches out of glass. Okay. You you can um, get water spots out of them, but yeah, glass does wear different than the paint. Obviously, with the wipers, um, you know, it is something that we can refresh. It's something that it's actually it is recommended to do on a yearly basis. Come back in and we'll refresh your windshield. Your side windows usually last for years. Uh, but that front windshield does get beat up with the wipers, and it is something they recommend on a yearly or 20,000-mile basis to re-top that windshield. Um, so so Tim, it does wear. Tim, Tim mentioned the thickness of paint. Um, thickness of paint varies on parts of the car, just like the windshield and the side glass, as you, as you mentioned. Where is there the most paint on the car, and which, which parts of the car take the beating the worst? Top surfaces for sure. Tops for sure. Yeah, any, any horizontal areas, you know, your your hood, your roof, your trunk, those are definitely the most wear, uh, where you get the most wear and tear. You know, you get the direct UV, you know, and then you get everything that's falling on your car, that sits on your car, so it gets the most abuse and it wears the quickest. I, on some of your cars, you know, I know when people are buffing cars, sometimes they'll tape the edges and that. Do you, mm -hmm. do you have to get into that sometimes just with the ceramic coating? If it's a car that's got a lot of, I'm thinking of uh, the new C8 Corvette's got a lot of sharp edges. Sharp edges, and you know the paint's thinner on the sharp it edges. It is, yeah. it is, yeah, it, it really is. And um, that is something that with, you know, when you go through training uh, for, for doing paint correction, you know, that is definitely an area to be more careful of are the edges. And the mm -hmm. sharper they are, the less paint there is, and the more attention has to be made there. So there is definitely, you know, a, a whole process of going around those edges to be able to, especially on very heavily scratched cars, you know, to, to get that same, you know, um, paint correction, you know, done on those sharp edges and, and around them. You know, you got to be really careful. So do do folks come in with with cars that are so badly damaged that you just have to say, you know, uh, we, we've got to go a different direction on them? Um, we always want to help people out the best we can, sure. you know, but, uh, but setting, um, some, you know, uh, expectation levels, you know, with each car is good, you know, um, you know, telling people, you know, we can make it look better, but we can't make it perfect depending on the condition of the vehicle, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it's hard not to want to make things as perfect as possible.
Yeah, I understand. That's that's a yeah. sickness, oh, Tim, yeah. isn't it? Oh no! I think it's a. Um, <laughs> is it a blessing or a curse? I don't know, but I the, don't know. What what are the what are the products that are available now, uh, longevity wise and application wise? Somebody comes in with a brand new Porsche, a brand new Corvette. Um, yeah, know, uh, yeah. It, it's the exact thing that we're doing every day, day in, day out. Mm-hmm. The paint protection film. It has a ten-year warranty from the manufacturer. Um, that product on your vehicle is going to provide that long-lasting rock chip protection and um, you know it really this the area underneath that film when you peel it off is perfect it's like brand new um, the ceramic coating is the longest lasting protective product to go on your vehicle on the unprotected areas without the film um, and those are the best things on the market currently you know, that's what we're doing and providing for all of our customers. Typically, where do you put the film on the car? What parts of the car get the film? Uh, traditionally, they usually always go on the front end, the leading edges, right. front bumper mirrors. That is the start to every vehicle that comes in. You know, those are your most sensitive areas. Then from there, the higher up areas, your, you know, your hood, your fenders. And then from there, uh, rocker panels, you know, lower areas that get beat up with the, with the rocks. Um, and honestly we're doing a lot of full cars really we're, we're doing a lot of full cars the entire vehicle protected yeah we've had customers that have had that done the entire car i was shocked i'm working but... on right i'm working on one right now um and i've done more this year than i've ever done uh and and, and it, it's incredible once you have the protection on your vehicle it's a different feeling driving it gives you a different it, it gives you a peace of mind knowing you know, getting behind a, a dump truck or anything, especially when a right, several hundred thousand dollar car, you know, it, it's a it's an incredible feeling. Oh, seven hundred several several hundred thousand dollar car, you know, you're starting off with hundred thousand dollar pickup trucks out there. Yeah, right, right. So you're you're not you know you're not talking crazy money anymore for some of these. Well, it is crazy money, but it doesn't take much to get it over that. Mm-hmm. that threshold of a hundred grand right. anymore on, on mm-hmm. most anything do you if you do full paint protection on a car do you also ceramic coat it yes yeah good over question. the over the film yeah so okay. the uh paint protection film manufacturer actually recommends that the uh, paint protection film is ceramic coated because the paint protection film is porous as well like most things it is um you know a, a plastic based product and um and that is actually what leads to it degrading is uh, the porous nature of that film allows for every time you drive and it rains, the oil and the water from the road gets splashed up onto your car and slowly over years gets absorbed into the film. And that's what, you know, slowly over years wears it out. You know, it, it, it's collecting that, you know, oily stuff into it. Um, so when you apply the ceramic coating, it seals that paint protection film and slows that process down. So it is something that we do on every car that is uh, fully protected, is, is put the ceramic coating on top. And you get all the same benefits that you would on bare paint with the film. A nice slick feel, uh, self-cleaning effect that the ceramic coating provides, and an incredibly ease of, you know, wash. You know, it's just it's so easy, as you know, bud, to oh, yeah. wash your car with the ceramic coating. So it, it does all that stuff on bare paint and the film as well. Well, what blew me away was my, uh, my last Mustang that I had before this one was a bullet. And you did a beautiful job on it. And Thanks. we, yeah, we went up into the 
up into the North Mountain, stayed for a week up there. And coming back, they had just repaved the road. That wasn't the problem. What they had done is along the edges of the road, where it meets the grass, mm-hmm. they had put all that dirt like they usually do when they repave a road. Right. And we're coming back in the pouring rain. So I get home, and my car is literally looks like I'd been out mud bogging with the, both sides. Right. As soon as I got home, all I did, and, and I put pictures of it online because, you know, it, it blew me away. All I did was I got my hose out, and I hosed the car off. The stuff just fell off the car. Mm-hmm. I got a soap cannon and all that that I washed the car with. But, it, it, you know, people wouldn't believe it until they see it. It just, it just fell off the car. It's incredible, and that's what sells itself. You know, people come to the shop and get the ceramic coating applied for the first time, and I can tell they're kind of iffy, you know, because they haven't experienced it. And I tell them, you know, I have people that come back car after car after car and get this product reapplied to every car. You know, once they've had it on, you realize how much easier it is to take care of your car. You know, it's an investment not only in your vehicle but in yourself. You know, you don't have to wash your car as often. And when you do wash it, it is so much quicker and easier. And that's what people want, you know. Does running it through a a car wash degrade it at all? Um, Not necessarily degrade the coating. Uh, There's a whole thing about using a car wash. Uh, Basically, the the big takeaway from the car wash is the heavy bristles, Mm -hmm. you know, that are, um, you know, cleaning your car. Uh, Those are scratching your car. You know, so it's not necessarily going to remove the coating, but it's going to scratch your car and put those swirls back in. Um, you know, so we don't recommend that. Um, but touchless car washes are okay. Mm-hmm. So okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you go through the car wash, whatever car was in front of you, all the dirt gets that on the stuff bristles. Is yeah, you could go in, you know, like. You know, like if you, you know, about, well, I, you know, I know about, what you're saying. Know, if you I come know, in after I've been there, I get it. I didn't right. say that. <laughs> it's possible you've been on the farm and I hadn't. Right, right. <laughs> well, Chris, what I want to do is I'd, I'd like to get into um, the products, the products that are out there now besides ceramic coating, and actually walk people through what you would do with a car. Now that we know a little bit about what you what you do right in the second part of the of our interview i'd like to go through specific products not maybe by name but by chemical you know stuff and and talk about which ones you know suitable for which particular instance and uh you know find out more about this this is really very interesting cool you ready sounds good you ready to come back uh and do it again yeah all right man uh thanks for taking the time right now to come in and do it and we'll, uh, you know, we'll continue with part up. two next week. Sounds good, guys. Fantastic. Tell people how they can reach out to Zero Defects because uh, they can come from anywhere in the country. Yeah, sure. The most direct route is uh, by phone. Um, my phone number is 404-406-3355. Or we can, uh, you guys can reach out through Instagram, Facebook, uh, Zero Defects, Southeast Mobile Detail. Each have a page and we have uh, websites to go along with each of those uh, pages as well. And folks can look at pictures of what you're doing on sure. what kind of cars. Yes, sir. Good stuff. All right. Well, Tim, if you're pinstriping a classic car, we might be restoring one. And uh, where are we going to get restoration parts and, uh, you know, keep American performance going? Well, we go to the muscle car experts at year one in Cornelia, Georgia. And that is true. 
always, and they are having a wheel sale right now, and they have 17-inch uh, wheels for your muscle car. What I didn't understand, what I didn't realize was they have got all the different styles of wheels for all the different types of cars, like the Magnum wheel. Mm -hmm. It wasn't only on Mopars. It right. was on Mustangs. It was on, you know, a, a plethora of cars. Right. And they've got those available for all the different cars. Same with the Pontiac Rally and the Snow Snowflake wheels, the Mopar Rally wheels, mm -hmm. uh, the Honeycomb wheels, five-spoke Corvette rallies. Okay. Uh, you know, they have truck wheels, uh, SS, uh, SS2 wheels from your Super Sport era. And the cool thing about these wheels, they don't have trim rings and stuff on them. Everything's all made in billet. And right. They, you know. And they're 17-inch, uh, 18-inch? 17, inch? yeah. So, yeah. Well, these, this particular sale is on 17-inch 17 17 wheel inch. kits. And you can get the center caps and all that. Don't get wheels without getting new center caps. Right. A, a customer just brought in a 67 GTO with those wheels uh, that look like original Pontiac wheels. But like you say, no trim rings. It's all billet. It's polished. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But it's subtle, you know, to look at it. Like you and me. Yeah. You and, me. <laughs> you and me. We are so subtle sometimes. Anyway, check out what year one has to offer. Uh, they're restoring American performance one part at a time. Uh, put in Bud 20, and depending on the part and the specials that are going on, you may get a 20% discount. Okay. And that can be huge. Oh, yes, Let it me can. Tell you. Year one.com. Time for some thank yous, Tim. Okay. Okay, he says. <laughs> thank <Let's>, you. <laughs> well, let's thank Chris Kessler for coming in and, yeah. uh, you know, explaining all this stuff for protecting our cars finishes and uh you know in some cases protecting it for years right and he's going to come on next week and give us the second half of the discussion we talked about prepping the car second half of the discussion will be about all right the car's prepped what do we do what do mm -hmm. we put on where do we, where do we put what or yeah what's put where or something like that yeah something like that all right bill wilson DJ Extraordinaire, our producer, would you like to tell us why we call you DJ Extraordinaire? Well, it might have something to do with my other job, but I am the producer and game coordinator of DJ Trivia, a nationwide trivia company. We do family-friendly par and pub trivia, pub trivia games uh, in a venue near you. Log on to djtrivia.com and find out when and where. And if you're in the North Georgia area, you just might find me hosting the games as well. Thank you. Wow. Autograph, Autograph time. Yeah. Autograph time. Jacob's Media for the production studios and uh, producer Bill and my partner here, Tim DePasquale, Tim's auto upholstery guy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And Bud. Well, Thank just, you, Bud, I'm just for on. being here and <laughs> arranging all this. And how about Concept One Pulley Systems? Oh, yeah. All right. Concept One Pulley Systems, Lanier Technical College, and the muscle car restoration folks at year one year one we want to thank them all we want to thank you for being here and listening uh, tune in next week i have no idea what we're going to talk about next week but i'll let you know now i know chris will be joining us so um to do part two okay so that's it for this week on bud scratch overdrive the podcast thank you for listening thanks <laughs>